Hello everyone, and welcome back to Climbing the Ivy on the Fan Side of Network. This is your host, Alex Pat, and today I am alone. My partner Adam McGinnis couldn't be here tonight, so I figured I'd do a solo show this time around as we sit waiting in limbo, hoping for baseball to return. I thought this show we'd take it a little differently this time, and I kind of wanted to go ask you guys on Twitter what you wanted me to talk about, and I promised people who added me on Twitter that I would give them a shout-out, so I'll give them a shout-out. There's no question about that. And then, you know, I'll also touch on a few things that are happening in the baseball world as we wait on what looks like to be a solidified plan of action. We've had reports the past few days coming from Jeff Passan and Ken Rosenthal about the league trying to put together a plan of attack to bring baseball back and have the players be ready. Obviously, the dates are still fluid because we don't really know exactly when this is going to all be over and obviously different states have different laws right now regarding on social distancing and what's available, what's open, open and You know, that's going to take a lot of figuring out, but it sounds like baseball is just trying to have something ready uh, so that they could possibly come back. Maybe you're listening to this podcast and they've already announced what that is, but, you know, for the time being, Thursday night, we don't have the exact plan or proposal yet, uh, so we'll see what happens down the road. It sounds like it's going to happen any day now. The only thing that we're really seeing right now, uh, sports-wise news, is the NFL schedules are coming out, so... I know who the Bears are playing what week. Cool. Hopefully they can actually redeem themselves this year, but that's a whole other conversation for another time. So let's get into some baseball-related talk as we wait. So as I said, I sent out a tweet on Twitter saying, Hey, I'm doing a solo show tonight. Anyone want me to mention anything? I can give you a shout-out. So let's get started at a few things. First of all, shout out to Robert O'Neill, a longtime follower of mine. He says, can you mention the result of the 2016 World Series? Robert, I'd be happy to, and I'm very glad you asked. The 2016 World Series was a very historical one. It featured the Chicago Cubs, who had a 108-year drought, and the Cleveland Indians, who had not won since the late 40s. Yeah, there's a bit of a difference, but still well over 50 years for each. In seven games, the Chicago Cubs took the series by a final score of 8-7 in 10 innings in Game 7 to win their first World Series since 1908. I would also like to mention, too, that the World Series saw a 3-1 comeback. So, the Cleveland Indians were up three games to one, and the Cubs came back and won it in seven. And the Cubs won three of their four games in Cleveland. Games 2... Six and seven were one on the road for the Cubs, which, you know what, if you look back at the old rules of the All-Star game, when it was, oh, hey, you know, the All-Star winner determines home field advantage, well, the National League lost in 2016, gave the Indians World Series home advantage, and you know what, it actually worked out in the Cubs' favor, that allowed them to have a DH, that DH was remarkably Kyle Schwarber, who destroyed his knee back at the beginning of the season and looked like there was no possible way he'd play again in the year 2016, but he came back and he mashed. That is just one of the most incredible stories 
that we've seen in this city. We've seen the Michael Jordan flu game. We heard about the headache game on Last Dance with Scottie Pippen. You can look throughout history and see many people playing through injuries and whatnot. But when was the last time you saw a young kid completely tear up his knee, needing ligament repairs, not muscle, ligament repairs, and then be able to come back on baseball's biggest stage, facing some great pitching too in the Cleveland Indians, and tear it up! And tear it up in the World Series. That's amazing. But yeah, Robert, Cubs won in seven games, 2016, 8 7 and 10 innings, game seven in Cleveland. Chris Bryant made the final throw to Anthony Rizzo. Oh, what a night that was. It was one of those nights where you were so on cloud nine that you felt like nothing could possibly go wrong in life. It was such a wonderful feeling, wonderful night. I didn't sleep that night, as I'm sure many other Cubs fans didn't. But yeah, shout out to you for bringing that one up. Um, okay. So, my friend Tommy, who goes by 88 Showtime, is a very big Dodger fan. And he jokingly asks, please discuss the possibility of Chris Bryant being traded to the Dodgers for a couple of mid-level prospects. It's a hot rumor right now. Well, you know, it's funny. He's joking about it, but... Let, let's look back a few months. Before COVID-19 was even known or a thing at all, before this unseen event happened, that's what everyone was talking about when it came to the Cubs. I mean, there were a bunch of other things people were talking about, but the biggest thing that people were talking about in the offseason, even more than the hiring of David Ross, was whether or not they were going to deal Chris Bryant because there were a number of rumors that they would. And obviously you heard the talks of them shopping him around, and you don't really know how serious those talks were, but there was obviously active moves being made to look at the value of Chris Bryant by the Cubs, and it did not go, you know, it did not go unnoticed. The fans were always talking about it, even if it was just hypothetical. What if they what if they discussed trading Chris Bryant? That was a huge topic of conversation. And then you had to remember this. You had to bring out arguably your most talented player and put him in front of the press and talk to the press about everything that happened in the offseason, the rumors, the texts, and, and all that stuff. That's your best player, young in his prime right there. I mean, isn't that crazy? I know I get it. He's got a few years left to control. The grievance was going on. Scott Boris is his agent. Would you rather hang on to him or would you rather trade him away and get value before he walks? And I mean, I think the answer is you get every year you can out of Chris Bryant and then try to re-sign him because you're the Chicago Cubs and you should not be strapped for cash. But that's what everyone was talking about. All these hypothetical trades with the Braves... That was probably the most rumored team. Uh, you know, the Dodgers may have come up here or there, but I don't think there was really any serious talks, even among just hypothetical people. But you heard about the Nationals being interested because they lost Anthony Rendon. It's, it's just weird to think about how much has changed in just a couple of months. 
People haven't talked about the trade of Chris Bryant in months, but that was once a big thing. So, Tommy, no, I no, I'm not going to fall for your sarcasm, but I'm actually kind of glad you brought that point up because it is kind of weird to look back at that not so long ago. That really was the highest topic of conversation surrounding this team was the trade rumors of a generational talent. And yes, he is a generational talent. You can't tell me otherwise. It's ludicrous to tell me otherwise that he's not a generational talent. You want to look back at his career and tell me otherwise? Please, by all means, do it. Obviously, there are some flaws, little flaws, But most players have little flaws, and I feel like the little flaws can be nitpicked every now and then. Um, But he's still a generational talent, and he has been since coming up. And I think he will continue to be. Obviously, 2018 was derailed a little bit by injuries. I mean, maybe not a little bit, more than a little bit. But, you know, you still look at the regular numbers. You look at the slash line, you say, hey, that's still pretty good. I mean, remember when he had a quote-unquote down year in 2017 where he hit only like 29 home runs and oh, what a big decline when really you look at that season in 2017, you look at some of the stats that he put up that year and you say, wow, there were some things he was even better at back in 2017 than his MVP year before that in 2016. I mean, I'm serious. Some people remember that as, oh, such a disappointing year from him. Yeah, okay, you wish you saw some more home runs. I understand that. But, you know, he batted 295, 409, 537 that year. He had a career high OPS of 946 that year. He had a career high 409 on base percentage that year. So, I mean. <laughs> Also, career-high 38 doubles. And the way he cut down on the strikeouts. In two years, he went from 199 strikeouts, which led the National League, to 128 in the same number of games and virtually the same number of plate appearances. 650 in 2015, 665 in 2017. So to really cut down your strikeouts like that, yeah, it's impressive. Anyway, I feel like it could go on and on about Chris Bryant, but that was that was my little Chris Bryant spiel right there that I wanted to relate to to that initial tweet. Okay, so moving on to a few others. Okay, the Sky is Falling podcast, which uh, one of the hosts on that is a good friend of ours, former Cubbies Crib writer Cody Del Mendo, uh, who does a great job on this podcast, by the way. Be sure to check out the Sky is Falling podcast. He said, tell them we said to free Sosa already. This is related directly to something. Something that was announced. The whole sports world is watching the last dance right now. And I think most of the sports world, outside Isaiah Thomas, is enjoying the heck out of it. I mean, I am. I'm really, really enjoying it. The stories, you know, like the memories that were brought up. It's unfortunate that I wasn't really old enough to appreciate and watch it, but... You know, I was alive for a chunk of that dynasty and just amazing to see how big Michael Jordan was around the world. And that documentary really, really, really showed that, reminded people of that, just how how big he was. But relating to the Sammy Sosa thing, it has been announced 
that ESPN is going to do a 30 for 30. And it's going to come out this June, mid-June, so in about a month. Uh, called The Long Gone Summer. It's going to be about Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire in the great 98 home run race. Ironically, the last year the Bulls won a championship under Michael Jordan, which was, hey, that was the last dance year. The last dance, the home run race. 98 was a pretty historical year in the world of sports. And as many people during that time could tell you, that the 98 home run race really helped save the game of baseball. The infamous 1994 strike really did damage on the game of baseball. And there were people who were really soured by it. And, you know, you could kind of understand why. Just the way it went down, the way it all happened. Not having a World Series. I mean, man. There have been NHL lockouts. I mean, 2005, the Stanley Cup didn't happen. And you know, I'm a huge hockey fan, and to me that would have been a really big deal. I was Again, I was a kid back then, so it didn't affect me as much. But if I was an adult, that would really sour me too. But here in the United States, where baseball is America's pastime, to not have the World Series, when you were in the middle of the Braves doing what they were doing. And you had the Yankees on the rise. You had so many other things happening. The Expos in Canada, the Expos, look how good they were. Here in Chicago, the White Sox were having an amazing season. I mean, all that stuff was just just cut off and they never got a chance to see what happened there. Of course people were upset. And they had every right to be. And even when baseball came back, people were still upset. And from a Cubs perspective, the franchise throughout most of the 90s was irrelevant, it was boring, it was bad. Losing season after losing season, some really boring, bad teams, and then the home run race came with Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, and I know this is a very delicate subject considering the steroid allegations, the PEDs, and all that stuff. But I think a lot of people back in the 90s would tell you, regardless of what happened after what came out, that they really were taken back by that home run race in 1998. And it gave the city of Chicago really a heck of a year. I mean, the summer began with the Bulls uh, completing their last dance, winning that sixth championship against the Utah Jazz. And then you had Sammy Sosa chasing Roger Maris's record and having Roger Maris's record also being chased by somebody on their biggest rival and to see how supportive the two were of each other. It, it was something to see. And look, I, I understand if some people are still kind of, you know, uncomfortable with celebrating something with everything with the PEDs. I do. And... You know, I, I don't think that anyone should have a right to tell the other that they have to morally feel this way or that way about this kind of subject, whether they were truly cheaters or frauds or, you know, was everybody doing it? Was it necessary to save baseball? <clears throat> I think you could go back and forth with that conversation. But the fact of the matter is, it was a very historical time, not only in baseball, not only in Chicago, but all of sports. 
So a lot of people are going to be watching this documentary. Maybe they'll watch it because they're excited to relive it. Maybe they'll watch it because they kind of wanted to be reminded about what happened that year. Maybe they're still upset with the allegations and they just, they kind of want to observe and see how far things have come from seeing these guys hit home runs to them being taken down because of everything that's happened. You know, again, it's not something that I can tell you one way or another how to feel, but I think it's a very intriguing documentary on a very big time uh, in sports. And I think as time has gone on, more Cubs fans have had a more willingness to welcome Sammy Sosa back. I think if you would have asked people in the mid-2000s, they would have said, no, keep him away. He walked out on the team in 2004. The teammates were absolutely appalled. The fans were appalled. The broadcasters were, you know, everybody was. That forced the Cubs to trade Sammy Sosa away to Baltimore, and it was such a sour ending. But, you know, things and opinions and hearts change over the years, and some people seek forgiveness, some people seek others to reach out with an olive branch, and others believe that some forgiveness has to be more earned. And again, I feel like it's a very personal thing with this type of issue, Uh, so I'm letting the fan, the viewer, the listener to be the judge of how they feel on this documentary, but I think it's interesting that they're coming out with this, and I feel like it was... An interesting timing considering the last dance has been so big right now. And I think people are looking to eat any kind of sports content up. I mean, this is a prime time to air all sorts of historical sports things since we don't really have any sports at all going on right now. Except the Korean Baseball League. I know a lot of people are investing time in that. I would watch it live, but it's on really late. And getting up for work at 8 a.m., even though I work from home now, yeah, it's just the timing is not good. But I do like to watch some of the clips that are posted because, you know, baseball is baseball. As much as I love baseball, I'm not really sure how invested I would be able to get into it, even if it was at a better time to watch. Would I casually watch it in the background? Sure. But would I get fully invested? I don't know. It's it's kind of hard for me. Like, I mean, for example, I love football. Love it, love it, love it. I just could not get into the XFL. It, I just, I couldn't do it. I don't know if it was the quality of play. I tried to be like, oh, hey, Houston Roughnecks, that's a cool team. I'm going to be a Houston Roughnecks fan. Yeah, I, I just couldn't get into it. I respect the fact that they tried I think that it was cool that a lot of people did get into it. And if you did get into it, good for you. I just couldn't. And, you know, remember a few years ago when they had that American League football or whatever it was called? I just couldn't get into that either. I I don't know. It's, I feel like my fandom has been just so established since birth, essentially, that it's hard to take on any more fandom. You know, I've always been a Cubs fan. I've always been a Bears fan. I've always been a Blackhawks fan. I've always been a Bulls fan. I've always been a Chicago Wolves AHL fan. I've always been an Illini fan. It's, you know, it's it's hard to add other fandoms on top of that. At least for me. It's just personal. So, if you're enjoying the Korean Baseball League, that's awesome. I, I like some of the content they're posting. I think it's cool that they're making themselves available and giving people just the chance to watch the sport they love because I think most people at this point would take anything. 
I've said on podcasts past, I'd take watching the 2012 Cubs at this point if it meant I could watch my team play baseball. I mean, I really would. That's how desperate I am, and I think how desperate other people are to watch their team, no matter how good or bad they are. You know, the Marlins don't have a very big fan base, but I guarantee you the diehard Marlins fans that are out there, I bet you they are itching to see Marlins baseball again, even though, you know, they're not very good. They're not projected to be very good. You could say the same thing about Baltimore and the Pirates. You know, those diehards, even though they know their team's not going to be very good, they are just desperate to watch them. And with the Cubs, well, we don't really know how good or bad they are right now. There's a lot of doubts, but there's also areas to be optimistic. Regardless, I just want to watch them again. No matter what, you know that Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, Wilson Contreras, that they're going to be out there. Kyle Schwarber uh, doing things day in, day out that entertain the crap out of you. So let's go to another tweet. Uh, This one is really special. Uh, This is from a fellow Cubbies Crib writer. He's been on the show before, Brian Johnston, who, by the way, really good writer and was a really, really good co-host the episode he was here. Um, I could link when I post this, the episode he was on, because it was a really good episode. He did a great job. But he just wanted me to give a nice shout-out to all of our writers at Cubby's Crib. And we're part of this group chat, and I've been able to get to know these guys and gals, and there's some really awesome people that work at Cubby's Crib. And we have two amazing, dedicated editors in Nick Blaze and Jake Meisner. Jake Meisner has been on the show before. Really down-to-earth, great guy. Nick Blaze, really funny, really great to talk to, always good to joke around with and have a laugh with, and and also just bringing that professionalism, both of them. They both are very good at balancing professionalism, fun, friendship, and just really good relationships. But to all the other writers out there who I work with, you know, this goes out to you, Austin... David, Eric, Goose, Logan, Marty, Mia, Michael, the two Pauls, the two Ryans, Tyler, Bill. You guys are awesome. It's been great chatting with you guys, and it's been good having some of you guys on the show, too. We've had Marty before. Eric's been on the show. Uh, Obviously, I mentioned Brian. And, you know, if you other writers are listening, my fellow Cubbies Crib writers, come on the show. Really, I mean, you guys are full of great baseball knowledge. You all offer something different, a different perspective to the table. So we need to have more of our writers on this show because I feel like everyone would offer something special, unique, something fun, because we got a lot of great personalities on the staff. So again, all you guys, I hope you're staying safe and healthy because it's, you know, a very uncertain time, but I'm thinking about you all. And also, uh, another shout-out again to some of our former writers who have worked with us. You know, we're talking, my co-host Adam McGinnis used to write here, now he's just the co-host. But also to the likes of Cody Del Mendo, who I mentioned earlier, who was working with the Sky's Falling podcast, as well as Will Chase, who's has been here a while. And he's the one that kind of got me into Cubby's Crib. He told me about it, he said, hey, you should apply for this. This was back in 2017, and... You know, I joined in December of 2017, and I've been on the staff since. And any other writers who have come and gone on Cubby's Crib, you know, I also think about you guys as well, and hope you are staying safe as well. So, Cubby's Crib, we're fighting through, we're trying to put together as much content as we can for our readers and our listeners, since there's nothing really going on with the Cubs, but, you know, we're, we're trying to do fun things. 
Uh, we're doing a Cubs Madness type bracket. We're doing a lot of historical pieces. We're doing some opinion pieces on what the future might be like. You know, you name it, we're trying to put it out there. So, again, really try to check out Cubby's Crib and the content that these writers are putting together. So, that's really going to do it for the tweets that I wanted to read on this show. And thank you, everyone, for tweeting at us and giving us some conversation ideas. We appreciate it. It gives us something to talk about on this show while we wait in limbo. And you know what? We like to really try to get engaged more with the fans because we feel like the more we get engaged with the fans, the more fun content we can create, the more enjoyable listening experience we can create. So never be afraid to tweet at us with some ideas. So one more thing that I want to talk about on this podcast just for fun before we sign off is the last few weeks we've seen the anniversary of a number of notable Cubs games. You know, obviously every month there's baseball, there's going to be some anniversary of some game whenever, but the last week or so we've had some good ones. Uh, It was back on May 3rd last year, I'll start, you know, just chronologically, May 3rd last year, when Kyle Hendricks had that start against the Cardinals where he pulled a Maddox. He threw under 100 pitches in a complete game shutout. That was probably my favorite outing by any Cubs pitcher last year. Today, where we're recording, May 7th, which, by the way, is also Eric Morrow's birthday, one of our writers. Happy birthday, Eric. That was, this. today was the anniversary of the walk-off home run by Chris Bryant against the Marlins. And I know what you're thinking, oh, it was a walk-off home run against the Marlins, whoop-de-doo. But there was that whole kind of Chris Bryant is in clutch thing going around. And he came up with a walk-off home run. And just to me, that felt really good. So I figured I'd mention that. Also, obviously, yesterday was the 22-year anniversary of Kerry Wood's 20-strikeout game at Wrigley Field. Everyone knows what happened that game. I don't need to explain. I'm pretty sure it's been beaten to your skulls by now if you're a Cubs fan. if Either you were there to witness it or you weren't alive to witness it and have heard it many times and have seen the replays many times of Kerry Wood mowing down the most feared lineup in the National League at the time in the Houston Astros with the Killer Bees and all that good stuff. So that was 22 years ago. Again, in 1998, that great historical big year. And that day that Kerry Woods struck out all those guys, the Bulls, I believe, were playing the Charlotte Hornets in the playoffs. They had a playoff game that day. Um, it was early May, obviously, so that's when the NBA playoffs were happening. And I again, I believe it was the Charlotte Hornets they were playing uh, during that time. It was later in the evening, but... You know, that the number one focus at that time in Chicago was far and away the Bulls. And then here are the Cubs, who, like I've said, have been bad and irrelevant, and Sosa hadn't really hit that home run stride quite yet that season. That came in June. Uh, here's this kid, Kerry Wood, making baseball history, and suddenly people are like, oh, the Cubs, something good happened to them? Really? Wow. This young 20-year-old kid did that against the Astros? It's one of the most celebrated Cubs games ever. Probably the most celebrated regular season game ever. Obviously, the most celebrated game ever is the World Series win, but if you're talking regular season, and if you're definitely talking pitching performances, 
Carrie Woods stands above all the others by far, even more than the Arietta no-hitters, the Zambrano no-hitters, and Milt Pappas, and then you had the Kenny Holtzman no-hitters in the 60s, and probably some other ones I'm missing, but you get the picture. You could put all those together, and you know you would definitely know that the one that sticks out the most is Carrie Woods' 20K game, and you know there's the whole debate on whether or not the Ricky Gutierrez single was a single or an error on Kevin Ori that's still talked about to this day 22 years later but either way it was one of the most historical pitching performances of all time and according to Bill James one of his pitching metrics it was the best pitched game in the history of baseball so those are just some of the few fun anniversaries that have happened the past few years and you know hopefully we'll get back to making more history as soon as possible but right now that's all we really have to live on. Alright, so I think that's going to wrap things up here on Climbing the Ivy. I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank everybody for checking out Cubby's Crib. And for those who haven't, you could check out Cubby's Crib at cubbyscrib.com. You could also check out their Facebook and Twitter pages. Also, be sure to check out this podcast and other episodes of this podcast, Climbing the Ivy, on iTunes.com. So until next time, I'm Alex Pat. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. Stay safe. Stay healthy.